0: Welcome to this episode of KDGO Conversations in Nephrology. This episode, titled Appropriate CKD Referral to Specialists, is provided by KDGO and is supported by an independent educational grant from AstraZeneca. Here's your host, Dr. Peter Lynn. Hello and welcome to KDECO Conversations in Nephrology. I'm Dr. Peter Lynn, Director of Primary Care Initiatives at the Canadian Heart Research Center and Family Physician in Toronto, Canada. And joining me today to discuss the importance of CKD referral is Dr. Ike Opechi, who is a researcher at the University of Alberta in Canada, and he's also an honorary professor of nephrology at the University of Cape Town in South Africa. His clinical and research interests includes epidemiologies and outcomes of CKD and management of hypertension in low and middle income countries. So welcome to the program, Ike.
1: Thank you, Peter. It is an honor to be invited to participate in this round of KDGOO podcast, and I'm sure we will have an interesting discussion on this subject that is very relevant to clinical practice. Yeah, you're right. I I mean, this is an important topic
0: of when to refer because I'm always thinking if I refer too early, then I waste the time of nephrologists, And if I refer too late, then the patients will suffer because they didn't get the proper care. So when is the right time to refer patients with CKD to a nephrologist?
1: Well, I think that's the good place to start from. And that's a very good question. As you know, Peter, there is no single criteria for referring a patient with CKD to nephrology. Many factors come in and play a role, especially the presence of risk factors, the presence of comorbidities, and related CKD complications. In 2012, KDGO had recommended timely referral for people with progressive CKD who have more than a 10% risk of developing kidney failure within a year. That is determined by a validated risk prediction tool. In that recommendation, KDGO stated that the following categories of patients should be referred Including those with acute kidney injury or abrupt sustained fall in estimated glomerular filtration rate, which I think I will easily call eGFR as we talk along, because it's easier to state that, and also those with eGFR that is less than 30 mLs per minute per 1.73 square meters, which I will just use the mLs per minute in you know discussing going further. But this level of recommendation had been agreed to by earlier guidelines as well, such as Kidoki and the European Best Practice Guidelines. Oh, those to be referred also included those with consistent finding of significant albuminuria, which is greater or equal to 300 mg per gram, those with progression of CKD, those with urinary red cell cast, if they have more than 20 red blood cells per high-power field that is sustained and not readily explained, People who have chronic kidney disease and hypertension that is refractory to treatment or four or more antihypertensive agents, those with persistent abnormalities of serum potassium, like persistent hyperkalemia, those with recurrent or extensive kidney stones, and those known with hereditary kidney disease. As you stated, Peter, Kidigo recommended timely referral, meaning there's an appropriate time to refer a patient with CKD. Guideline concordant referrals that meet the recommendations by KDGO, while referrals that happen either too early or too late, are considered guideline discordant. One study from Canada recently went up to 70,000 patients CKD who were referred to nephrology. Only 41%, about 28,000, were referred in a guideline concordant manner. That is EGFR, that is less than 30 mL per minute or with rapidly declining EGFR with or without significant albuminuria. Those with guideline discordant referrals were more likely to have a higher EGFR that is greater than 60 mL per minute, and mm-hmm. these were about 50% of those who were referred, and fewer of them were patients with albuminuria, that is albuminuria greater than 300 mg per gram. This suggests that more than half of referrals received to be at very early stages of CKD, not yet needing assessment by nephrology. Timely referral and not so much early referral is the point kidney is trying to make as this sometimes is done in a manner that is not of benefit to patients or caregivers. Of course late referrals as we know are associated with adverse patient uh, events that include late start dialysis, uh, kidney failure complications, and even death in some cases. Early and untimely referrals are also injurious as they can overwhelm nephrologists, as you mentioned, given the large volume of patients, especially in parts of the world uh, where there are low nephrologist density. So, a referral that is too early can be harmful to patients, given the associated cost of unnecessary travel, suffering anxiety of referral to a specialist, and the risk of initiating therapies that are unsuitable for the stage of kidney disease that the patient has. I think another point to make here regarding when a patient with EGFR of less than 3 should be referred is the need to confirm that the patient actually has CKD by repeating kidney function tests within 30 to 90 days of the first test. So the right time to refer a patient with CKD is after a second assessment has confirmed that the EGFR is below the threshold for referral or at the threshold of referral if urine tests show persistence of significant albuminuria or hematuria. However, I think we should also note that patients with severely low EGFR, that is less than 15 mL per minute, or those with active urine sediments, should be referred to nephrology without waiting to repeat kidney function tests.
0: Yeah, thanks for that. So you mentioned many different things, and I envision this little checklist, which would be fantastic for me, where I check off these things, and if it's on this side, it means I need to refer. If it's on the other side, I can keep looking after the patient. But the one criteria that you mentioned, you mentioned that KDCO recommends referral if there's progression of CKD. Now, that one I always have difficulty with. What do you mean by progression of CKD?
1: Yeah, thanks, Peter. Unlike acute kidney injury, uh, which is usually reversible, Chronic kidney disease often show gradual decline of kidney function over time. So CKD progression describes the reduction of kidney function over time, which is usually measured by year. Of all the factors mentioned earlier in KDGO's guideline recommendation for referral, I think the one that many physicians struggle with is the concept of progression of kidney disease. Some people take progression of CKD to mean any elevation of serum creatinine. This is technically incorrect given there are several factors that can lead to acute elevation of serum creatinine, including medications that are used for treating patients with kidney diseases, such as ACE inhibitors and SGLT2 inhibitors. The progression of CKD is measured as a rate of reduction of EGFR over time. Normally, EGFR starts declining in young adulthood at a rate of about one meal per minute per year due to the loss of function in nephrons. So it means as we get older, EGFR slowly declines. However, a significant EGFR decline represents more than five meals per minute decrease of EGFR within one year or 10 mils per minute decrease within five years. Hence, it would be timely to refer a patient for evaluation who has lost more than five meals per minute of EGFR in one year. EGFR is still higher than the threshold. So a patient with EGFR of 45, and within one year, it falls to 40. That's a significant decline in EGFR, and that patient needs to be referred to nephrology. Rapid progression of CKD is a sustained decrease in EGFR. That is more than 25% or a change of EGFR category within 12 months or a sustained decrease in EGFR of more than 15 mL per minute per year. There are many factors that are associated with rapid decline of kidney functions, which may include things like the presence of cardiovascular disease and CKD risk factors such as uncontrolled hypertension and diabetes, heavy proteinuria, excessive smoking, chronic use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, and certain people from certain ethnic groups like African, Afro-Caribbean, and people who are of Asian origins.
0: Mm, That's interesting. And I like the way you put it where we're talking about serial measurements of these things and we're looking at the rate of change as being an important way to predict the progression and look at progression. So I think that's really important for us to keep in mind, because a lot of times we just look at the test right in front of us and we forgot about the test that was done a couple months ago. And as you said, a five mil drop would mean rapid uh, progression. And so therefore, those people would need to be checked. For those just tuning in, you're listening to KDECO podcast on appropriate CKD referrals to specialists. I'm Dr. Peter Lin and I'm speaking to Dr. Ike Opechi. Okay, Ike, so you've given us a lot to think about and a lot of different parameters that we should be considering. Are there any tools that can help us, you know, make these decisions a little bit easier? Because it's sometimes overwhelming when we have all these different things that we should be thinking about.
1: Yeah, thanks, Peter. There are so many tools out there. Several of them are quite simplified that can be used for referral to nephrology. The commonest and simplest actually that is used is serum creatinine with EGFR measurement. However, the value of eGFR is greatly improved if used concurrently with urine ACR. So, for example, according to KDGO, patients who have stage three a CKD, that is, people with eGFR between 45 and 59 mLs per minute, and an albumin creatinine ratio that's greater than 300 mg per gram, should be referred. Those with stage three b CKD, however, who have an even lower eGFR you would think that, you know, such people need to be referred, but their risk is actually lower, especially if they have no albuminuria or mildly increased albuminuria. So it's important for physicians to consult the KDGO heat map. Uh, It's better to use that for uh, guidance for referral. Also, several organizations have developed online clinical pathways, like here in Canada, in Alberta, we have the Uh, Alberta Chronic Kidney Disease Pathway. In the U.S., they have the National Kidney Foundation Kidney Pathways. In the east coast of Canada, they have the Ontario Kidney Wise Clinical Toolkit. And these toolkits rely on different combinations of estimated glomerular filtration rate, albuminuria, sex, age, ethnicity to guide physicians regarding timely timing of referrals. Use of validated kidney function risk equations, which is commonly known as KFREs, help to determine the probability of kidney failure within two years and five years. The most accurate KFRE model mm-hmm. uses eight variables like age, sex, estimated GFR, albuminuria, serum calcium, serum phosphate, serum bicarbonate, and serum albumin. However, a shorter model a four-variable model that uses just age, sex, EGFR, and albuminuria is commonly used and has been shown to be very reliable. The EFRing can be useful for prognostication, communication between patient and provider, timing of nephrology referrals, and timing of dialysis access placement and living-related kidney transplant as it is able to accurately predict CKD progression. The Ontario Renal Network have suggested that people with a Five-year KFR score that's greater than three to five percent may benefit from a nephrology referral. Some researchers have also suggested that inclusion of the KFR into electronic medical records could incentivize more ACR testing. The use of KFR in many low-resource settings may pose a challenge, given the unavailability of albuminuria measurements in many parts. Such so places can still rely on serum creatinine measurement if this is accompanied with EGFR reporting, which is often the trigger for patient referral, So what I've just done is to give us different options that are available, serum creatinine, EGFR, EFR measurements, and use of clinical pathways that are, have been developed. Well, that's great. And you went from the simplest,
0: which is just looking at the creatinine, for example, and then we could add in albumin creatinine. We could do calculations with that. We can use the heat map from KDECO, where it looks at EGFR and the albumin creatinine ratio. So the one side looks at speed of the kidney, which is EGFR. And then the other side looks at the quality of the filter, this albumin creatinine ratio. So we could use those heat maps and then we can get into the complicated equations, which put in more parameters. So therefore, your prediction is more accurate. So it's not nice that they went from the most simple all the way to the fairly complex and integrated into EMR as well. Now, these are great, and I think we can use some of these things to identify these people. What do you think is the future in terms of, you know, identifying patients for need for referral? Where do you think that things are going to be heading?
1: Yeah, in future, I think all health systems, especially in low-resource settings, should include automatic EGFR reporting with serum creatinine measurement. Which can be red flag: the eGFR is less than 30 meals per minute. This is usually the trigger for referral to nephrology. Also, testing of albuminuria should be encouraged, as this will assist early identification of kidney disease. However, in better resourced settings, the KFR should be included in uh, electronic medical records, and those with high risk of progression should be flagged for referral to nephrology. This will improve uh, primary their physician awareness of the timing of referral, and finally, patients can be empowered by their caregivers through educational programs that increase their awareness of kidney disease, improve their understanding for the need for regular monitoring, and be better positioned to engage in self-care through various CKD education programs.
0: That's great, Ike. You just put it into such simple terms. In other words, we need to make sure we get the EGFR and albumin creatinine ratio numbers. And then from there, we can either use heat maps or these equations to identify these patients for appropriate referral. This is very much different than my old professor when he used to tell us you refer patients when you've run out of your bags of tricks that you've got available. Um, This is a much more logical way of doing it and making sure the right patients are getting to our nephrology colleagues. And this way we'll have the best care for our patients while at the same time not overloading the nephrologist, because in some areas there's not enough nephrologists. In other areas there are no nephrologists. So we all want to pitch in to make sure that the patients get the appropriate care. So I want to thank you, Ike, for sharing all your insights with us today. It's
1: been very, very helpful. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Peter. It's been a great honor to participate in this podcast, and I hope that today's discussions will improve awareness that CKDs ultimately a progressive disease, and that there are recommendations out there and tools to guide primary care physicians and other care caregivers when considering timely referral for CKD patients to nephrology. So thank you, Peter, and thank you, KDCO, for organizing this.
0: I'm Dr. Peter Lin, signing off. If you'd like to listen to this episode or other episodes in our series, please visit kdco.org podcast. Thanks for listening.